Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. I'm Dan, and today I'm going to be talking about the fourth episode from the Game of Thrones from Telltale, uh, entitled Sons of Winter. And in this episode, we've got a couple characters from the TV show appearing. We've got Natalie Dormer as Lady Marjorie Tyrell, Kit Harington as Jon Snow, Amelia Clark as Daenerys Targaryen, and Ewan Rian as Ramsay Snow. And then, as in similar previous episodes, we also play as four characters. Again, we have Garrett Tuttle, Asher Forrester, Roderick Forrester, and Mira Forrester. And as in uh, previous episodes, I'll just take these uh, by person in location to keep it kind of a little more linear than the episode itself is when you play. So we'll start off at the wall with Garrett. It opens with the Night's Watch burning Brit's body from our killing him last episode. And Garrett is being charged with murder. We try to explain to the Lord Commander that Brit attacked us, that it wasn't our fault. He doesn't care. We try to appeal to Jon Snow, and he kind of sees his hands are tied and says, sorry, I can't really do anything about this. So we're screwed. So we're thrown into this makeshift prison cell. It's like a store closet, essentially. Like, there's some food, like, old stuff like that in there. But it's the makeshift cell for us for the time being. And then the next day, they are going to execute us because we killed one of our brothers. We're in the storage closet, or in our makeshift jail cell. There's a guard who's posted outside of our room to make sure that nothing happens with us. While we're waiting in there, um, another one of the Night's Watch comes up to the guard and says, Hey, come on, sneak away with me. Let's eat food. Uh, there's dinner. You don't want to miss it. It's good. And uh, the guard protests slightly, but then is convinced fairly easily and goes along. We're left unattended, locked inside our closet. Cotter then shows up to help get us out. From the outside, he's trying to communicate with us how to get out. We look around in the room. We find some things. Ultimately, what we're able to do is uh, there's a brick that's attached to one of the door hinges, and we're able to knock that loose, and then we're able to kind of use that to uh, open the door mildly so we can slip out, which is cool. When we're slipping out, we have to evade uh, one or two Night's Watch walking around. So we're, like, crawling on the ground, crawling under a cart, that sort of deal to escape being found. We get through that, and then we run into Finn. And we have an opportunity on what we want to do with Finn. Do we want to bring Finn north with us or not? And Finn has a sword, and he tells us that he was coming to actually break us out, but we're already out. So I chose to bring Finn along. 87% of people did this. Uh, it seems pretty common if you reconciled with Finn. It seems like you wanted him to be a part of that. Earlier, when we are trying to say we didn't intend to kill Brit, that he attacked us, Finn has our back. He affirms, no, they didn't do anything. I saw Brit attack him and John and uh, Garrett just defended himself. Uh, but So that that's good. So Finn comes along. 13% uh, of people didn't bring Finn along or they didn't encounter him. So I think some people, if you had a bad relationship with Finn, you wouldn't run into him in this situation at all. Um, I'm guessing he must be at the dinner, uh, like everyone else, if that's the case. After this, we get outside the wall. We're escaping, and we see a wildling in the woods, and Cotter goes to speak with her. 
Cotter thinks that, uh, you know, perhaps he can get through to her since he's a wildling himself. This is where he reveals to Finn that he's a wildling. Um, we, of course, already knew that from the last episode, but Finn had not been informed until just now. So Finn's a little bit suspicious of Cotter here. And not sure how to feel like, well, you're a wildling. I don't, I don't trust you as much. But Cotter says, no, it's cool. I'll talk to the wildling. If they, like, beat me up or anything like that uh, to, while I'm trying to convince them, don't worry about it. I'll get through. So, cool. Sounds good. While Cotter is making his appeal, the wildling does not believe him. You know, kicks him to the ground and hurts him some. As that's going on, we are surrounded by wildlings. More show up. And a fight ensues. Cotter's injured. He gets uh, speared in the shoulder by the wildling. Us and Finn both kill a wildling each, uh, trying to kind of not be captured here. We see a wildling pick up our onions that we'd stolen from the storeroom and is running away, which is all of our food. And you have an opportunity to pick up your bow and kill the wildling, uh, her running away or not. And I did choose to kill her and Cotter was not happy with it. Uh, he was like, she was running away. You didn't have to kill her. And I, I kind of felt like they were just about to kill us, so if I kill them later, I'm not... I don't know. I didn't feel too bad about it, personally. Uh, after this, Cotter is leading us along to this abandoned hunting ground. And at the abandoned hunting ground, we're looking around. There's there's tents and stuff that are up, but clearly no one's lived in them for some time. We're looking around to find something to help Cotter out. While we're looking around, a wildling girl sneaks up on us and has a spirit at her back, we can choose to try to fight her back or kind of play it cool. I played it cool. Um, I, I figured that if I tried something, I might die, so I played it cool. But then uh, Cotter comes over, and he recognizes that this wildling is his sister, whose name is Sylvie, and they're both very excited to see each other. So I am glad I didn't try to hurt her. Seems like she is going to be uh, the person who will help lead us to the North Grove, ultimately. So, uh, team Garrett, Cotter, Cotter's sister, and Finn, Sylvie. Uh, yeah, I like it. I'm looking forward to seeing how their story goes from here. Next, we pick up across the narrow, narrow sea with Asher. And Asher, Beska, and Uncle Malcolm are brought before Danny Targaryen. And Danny is denying their attempt to buy cell swords. She says that she needs them for her uh, freeing the slaves of Marine. She can't give up any cell swords. This is her thing. We, though, tried to say that we can help get her dragon back as she's upset that he's gone. We could, we could help her with that. She doesn't really want to. But then, upon uh, her finding out that Beska is from Marine and could lead her soldiers into Marine to overthrow the city more easily. She insists that Beska will fight in Marine, lead them in, and if she if we do that, then she'll talk to us about cell swords later. Beska is pissed though about this and she's drinking. She does not want to go back to Marine. She's mad at us for volunteering that information about her because uh I said while talking to Danny uh, Targaryen, I was like, uh, she 
She knows uh, Marine. Basco's been here before. So she's upset with us. She's been drinking. And Croft uh, is upset with Beska because of this. And we tell Croft to kind of go away. We'll, we'll talk to her. And in talking to Beska, we find out that she was a slave in Marine. And that as a young child, she was kidnapped and sold into slavery. And that her master used to have her fight other children and then a while later he had her fight other children to the death as Beska is still here we know that she's killed many children as a child herself it's horrible it's terrible it is awful an awful reveal and of course we're understanding of why she wouldn't want to go back to marine why she's drinking why she's upset I get it and my attitude from this point was, do what you gotta do, Beska. Like I, this this sucks. I'm, you know, I'm sorry you're in this situation even at all. Uh, Cause my interpretation of Beska and Asher's relationship is that they are close. Both of them haven't had families for quite a long time, so they're each other's closest person. That they've been, you know, fighting people and you know taking bounties and I don't know whatever they've been doing all this time together. So. You know, her, she's most important to me in this for Asher. But Baska is still ready to lead them into Marine. She doesn't want to see this happen. As they enter into the city, they see a slave that's being beaten. And then uh, left for dead, Baska and us go and see the slave. And she kind of comforts him briefly before he dies. Then she runs down an alley. And we follow her. And what we see is her throwing a guy out of his window uh into the street and is getting ready to attack him and we find out that this is beska's former master we have a few options we can choose to just let beska kill him we can kill him ourselves or we can spare him for me upon learning beska's story I was fine letting her do whatever she wanted, so Beska killed him, uh, which 25% of people did this. And I, I thought that this was kind of hers to do. I think that this guy had harmed her life quite a lot, and so if she wanted to get this revenge, it seemed fitting. I also kind of figured that uh, Daenerys would be fine with it, uh, as she wants the slaves to be free. And Beska's background, it seems like if someone deserves to kill this guy, it's probably her. Uh, 35% of people, uh, Asher actually steps in and kills the master. So they step in and kill for her. And then 40% of people spare the master. And I'm, I'm thinking that these must be people who really didn't want to disobey anything Daenerys said. She said, you listen to Croft 100%. If I hear anything else, I'm not going to get you these cell swords. Like, I'm not going to help you. So maybe they're playing it cautious. Chris on Twitter, he wrote in and he said, I killed him for her. So Chris killed Besko's former master. I'm, I'm guessing, the, I think that I could see this as a, like, if you want to take this burden off for her. Like, I don't think he's mine to kill, but if it would help her, I could see why Asher would do this. After this, uh, Croft, Beska, and Asher are, uh, go to their assigned area. So there's these four temples that all have, uh, like, a, 
a great uh it's a statue that has like a torch on top of it and if this torch is lit it will alert marine that they're under attack and so they've got you know a solid i don't know 10 12 guys at each tower and we have one of them one of them is our responsibility and we go there and we sneak up behind and kill them you get cool stealth kills so you can choose to either be a sword person or an archer. We had Croft do the archery, and then Pesca and I snuck up behind various dudes and killed them. And Croft would get a few with archery. And we snuck in until we got to the uh, closest to the statue with the fire. And we killed those people, but uh, there was a part where the fuse to the statue is lit that will alert everyone. And we end up throwing our axe, and it cuts the fuse before the uh, it reaches the ignition for the flame to go. That was super cool. The fighting in this section was uh, especially good, I would say. Um, for like, I, I found it very fun. And again, for Telltale Games and their fighting, of course, we know that they uh, have more limited involvement. This one I thought was a little bit more fun. It felt like you were being stealthy and like that kind of stuff. It it felt pretty cool. So Marine is free. We've we've helped it be liberated. Hopefully we have a good talk with Daenerys next episode and can get these cell swords to go help Ironrath. Now, uh, with that, we will go to Ironrath with Roderick. And we have Roderick training in the woods with Sir Royland. And we can see that Roderick is not back to full strength. He's able to use his sword a bit, but he's not as strong as he would be. And Sir Roiland's over able to overpower him in his training. Roiland, though, says that that's fine. We can use this to our advantage. And he shows Roderick some tricks on how to, uh, I guess, outwit or uh, go at his opponent at things they would not expect. So one of the things is that you'd, like, hold your sword and then use it to, like, trip them up kind of thing. So this was cool. It was a good little facet of, well, you don't have to fight how you did before, like, your body is in a physically different state right now, Roderick, but we can still um, do this. After this, uh, Elena Glenmore shows up with her brother, whose name is Arthur, and she says that Lord Whitehill has pressured her father and is making her not marry Roderick, but instead marry Griff. And she does not want to. And she asks for our help. She says, make this not happen. We should kill Griff or uh, capture him or something. So that we won't, I don't want to do this, you don't want to do this. And we agree to help stop it. And they give us uh, some of their Kingsguard. We revealed that uh, 20 of her uh, Kingsguard are there for the royal family. They've traveled with them and they will help us overthrow Griff. This is awesome. It felt like uh, very much this is the time to act. We've got uh, potential allies here with this going. And... You know, fuck him. Fuck the White Hills. We've got to do something at some point. This seems like a good a time as any. That's kind of how it felt. We go back in uh, into from the woods in Tyrenrath, and Grift is beating up the Maester because one of his soldiers has an infected wound, and he's like, "Oh, you didn't help us uh, because we're White Hills, and you would have done better care for someone else." So he's like, you know, punching the Maester and stuff like that. And so we set up this plan with the Glenmores that we're going to walk in and we'll confront him, but then there'll be a point where we tap our cane and then all the Glenmores can come out and we'll surround Griff and company. So we, we roll in 
and it's us and Elena and I think our mom maybe or something like that. We roll in. We start talking to Griff and we say, let him go. You're you're not doing this. And Griff's like, oh, are you going to kneel like you did last time? And he's, he's kind of talking shit and posturing. And then we hit the cane on the ground. The Glenmores all show up. Archers all uh, with their arrows pointed at Griff's men. They say, if anyone moves, kill him. And one of Griff's soldiers moves. Dang. Arrow through his chest. Dead. The rest of the White Hills give up here. And we have Griff in submission. He's being captured. And we have two options on how we want to handle Griff. We can either uh, beat him and maim him ultimately, like disfiguring him some, like ourselves. Or we can show mercy to Griff. I ended up showing mercy to Griff. Uh, 39% of people did this, whereas 61% of people maimed him. And the way that this was experienced is you have him kind of captured and you can punch him. And I punched him a couple times. I think after like the third time or something, he says, that's enough. I get it. You win. Like, I don't, I don't want to fight. And I stopped at that point. But you can keep going. And I think the people that keep going... That's where he becomes maimed. So I did, you know, hit him a few times, and he got what he deserved. But I felt like when his pride was gone, I felt comfortable with that. He realized he was dominated, that Roderick was the guy in charge. And I thought that was the important thing. Uh, Chris on Twitter, though, he wrote in and said, I pretty much fucked him up. So I'm thinking Chris went with the maim route. I'm guessing Griff uh, was not looking too good after this. And uh, if someone deserves it, I would say it's Griff. No fault there. I get that. After this, uh, the Foresters end up receiving word that they are invited to the White Hills to discuss a truce. And this is where our, our, our next choice comes up. We have the opportunity to either bring the Glenmore soldiers with us to the White Hills, or we can leave them home to protect Ironrath. And I left them home to protect Ironrath. 65% uh, of people did this, versus 35% brought them to High Point. My logic was I wanted someone to protect Ironrath. I kind of wondered if this meeting went bad and Roderick got killed, that, you know, I want, I want Ironrath to survive without Roderick. I thought it could go that way. And along with this, uh, as Roderick, I chose to bring Sir Royland with me. Uh, since he's our best fighter, leader of soldiers, that kind of thing. I thought that if him and I went, then I would have someone who could fight with me if we've got to have a last stand at the White Hills. Meanwhile, leaving Duncan behind as the Sentinel, uh, as he's our you know trusted advisor, that he would be helpful for Ironrath if I'm not around. And we left Talia in charge because our mother was coming with us. So my kind of thought was, okay, if Sir Royland, mother, and Roderick go down... Talia, plus Duncan, plus the Glenmore soldiers. Ironrath could probably hold out a little while longer, hopefully until Asher or Garrett or someone can find something to help us get through this. But that was kind of my attitude. That was my thought. If we're going to get killed by the White Hills, hopefully Ironrath can keep going after that. That said, I get the other side. You could definitely go like full force, bring the Glenmore guards, bring Royland, and just like uh, flex on them. And that's not a bad idea, but I kind of thought Roderick um, could get killed here, potentially. So we uh, start discussing with Whitehill, though, once we get there. And he offers us a job. So he needs to keep creating uh, weapons for the Boltons. 
and they need more weapons than he can produce. So he's like, hey, if you guys work for me and do this and, you know, use your ironwood to make weapons, uh, you know, you'll, like, be, like, not our slaves, but sort of, and we'll, like, be in charge, but you'll be, like, cut in minorly. And, of course, we say, fuck that, we're not doing that. You're an asshole, you're not even good at what you're doing, we're clearly the people better at this, and, like, you're a shitty house. Wait, he'll suck. And during, uh... This discussion, too, White Hill's got a bunch of soldiers who are up above you. So if he wanted to just, like, slaughter us, he, he's kind of making a show of it that he could. Um, but the word on the street from your mother and Lord White Hill's daughter is that he's an honorable guy. He wouldn't, like, do something like that, but he wants you to think he would. He's trying to act tough. What we do, though, is after rejecting his trade to work for him, we say, how about this? We will give you Griff for our little brother Ryan, who you have. And White Hill is pissed, and he tries to act like he doesn't care. And he ends up actually bringing Ryan out and has, like, a dagger to him. And is like, nope, I don't care about Griff. He's my fifth born. Why would I care about him? And, you know, I'll just kill Ryan here. You can kill Griff. I don't care. Earlier, though, we were speaking to his daughter, and his daughter had said, his dad always felt a white hill is a white hill. It doesn't matter what you are. And we end up using this information on him and say, a white hill is a white hill. And we call his bluff, and he realizes, fine, whatever, we'll make the trade later on. Neutral ground. So we've got this trade set up in place. Griff for Ryan, a son for a son, which is huge. This is good. Before this, you had an option to uh, try to kill White Hill and try to fight, and I did do that. You end up just getting killed, and it takes you back to the decision. You can't stay killed. I did that first when I played. I didn't I didn't call his bluff first. I tried to fight, and when I got killed, I kind of wondered if, like I was thinking before this, oh, did Roderick's last stand happen? Did we just have it go? But... I had to make the decision again, called the bluff, got the trade set up. That was huge. After this, uh, we leave the White Hills and we head back to Ironrath. And we get home and there's no one in the courtyard. We see an arrow and we see a couple drops of blood, but no one's there. And we walk inside the Great Hall and Ramsay Snow is sitting having a tea or something with Talia. And our scene ends here, which... Of course, my blood is boiling. Ramsey Snow is a monster. Um, the monster of monsters, really. I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And I like Tally quite a lot. And as Roderick, even too, that's my sister. Get the fuck out of here. I'm looking forward to confronting Ramsey, and if I get killed for it, that's fine. I want to confront him. And this takes us to the last place, King's Landing with Mira. And it's Tommen's coronation feast. And we've been uninvited. Marjorie Tyrell is pissed at us um, because of our all of our actions basically before this with Tyrion, everything like that. And we speak with Tom, and he tells us that, uh, the, Tom the Coldboy, he tells us that Lord Whitehill is sending a lot of gold to King's Landing. But we don't know why. But we should be on the lookout, try to figure it out. So we try to sleuth our way into the party to find out what this gold's being used for. And Sarah ends up sneaking us in, uh, which was super clutch. 
by Sarah. I was previously sort of indifferent towards her, like I didn't want to lie for her. She felt a little shady in previous times, um, so I didn't want to invest with her. But after this, I'm definitely Team Sarah. She really hooks us up here. Once we get inside, we find out that Lord Andros fired Lord Morgren from last week and replaced him with a guy named Lyman Lannister, who is a distant, like a third cousin or something, of the Queen. And he's kind of thinking, if I have a Lannister doing business with me, this would really amount for a lot. So we find out that Lord Morgren's not going to be in Ironwood dealing anymore. He wants to do something else. We find out that Lord Andrews uh, is like basically edged Morgan out and is trying to take all the business for himself, but then had Lyman kind of be his partner to kind of cover himself. We end up talking to Lord Tarwick, and he warns us about Lyman Lannister. He tells us that he's addicted to milk of the poppy. From uh, he as a younger man, he was in like a jousting tournament, and he was injured severely and needed milk of the poppy then, and has never gotten off of it. So he says he's kind of a wild card. You know, stay clear of him. We're glad that he told us that. But then after this, he asks us about Sarah's background because Sarah's background is confusing. She has a last name of a family that has been dead for a few hundred years, according to Lord Tarwick. And he asks us, do we know anything about that? Have we met her family? And at first I did try to keep kind of vague, like, oh yeah, they're like a family. Um, but he doesn't let us stay vague. He pushes forward. And so we have the option to either keep Sarah's secret that and say that she is a part of this family that doesn't exist. She's actually a bastard, as we learned last episode. Or we can reveal her secret. And I chose to keep her secret. 87% of people did this. Only 13% of people revealed the secret. I didn't, again, for what speaking earlier. Sarah seems like one of our people for real. She's helped us out, and I want to do right by her. I want to have a friend seems like at this point at King's Landing, we don't really have a lot of friends. And I'm not sure we're going to be able to be a handmaiden for anyone or anything like that. Like, seems like if we could just do one last helpful thing in King's Landing and then get back to Ironrath, that's probably what we got to do. Like, um, yeah, since people don't trust us, since Marjorie Tyrell doesn't like us now, like that kind of thing, we're probably out of luck. After this, we uh, speak to Lyman ourselves. And we find out from him that White Hills Gold is being used to hire sellswords that are going to be used to destroy the foresters. He tells us, he's basically like, you deserve a warning, but um, they're going to come and they're going to destroy your family. I'm, I can't help you, but you deserve to know that it will happen. So, of course, concerned the White Hills are trying to put an end to us. They're making moves as well. And that ends the episode. That is episode four, The Sons of Winter. If you have any thoughts on this game, please write in at thegreateststoryeverplayed at gmail.com. Go write to us on Twitter at storyeverpod. Let us know what you think of this game. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. It would be a huge help just to, uh, I don't know, pull other people to talk about games that we like to talk about and... Um, and that you like to. I guess that's the episode, so we will see you next time.